0: Hello and welcome to episode thirty two of Virgo and the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRLP. RLP. And joining me once again is League Freak, who you can find on Twitter at
1: League Freak. How's tricks? Pretty good. This is uh this is gonna be a really, really fun episode, I believe, and one that I think that we will get a lot of praise for. Yeah, or or shit. Yeah, depends. Depends if you support Newcastle or not. (laughs) That's
0: exactly right, because today (laughs) we're going to talk about who we think should be coming into the uh, State of Origin teams for New South Wales and Queensland for Game 2, which is going to be played on Sunday next week. And we're going to discuss the constant talk about Mitchell Pearce being put forward to play for Origin. So which would you
1: like to do first, mate? Well, I think we we hold Pierce for the end, right? Because leave leave the carrot for the end. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Nappa style—that's what we call that. <laughs> right, well, uh... <laughs> Moving on from that one, <laughs>
0: um, I'm not touching that. That's what she said. <laughs> that's what she said. Ah, oh, <laughs> <God damn it. laughs> Right, so for for New South Wales. Mm-hmm. Uh, We had the news last night that uh, Kotrick has injured his ankle and he's going to be out possibly for the series. Mm. Um, I dare say what will happen is mainly Tom Trevojevic will slot back into the position he had uh, there on the wing last season.
1: Um, Do you see see anyone else who probably should have that role? Well, you you come up with a good idea just before where you could potentially move Latrell Mitchell to the wing and bring in Jack Jack, uh, White and into the centers. But I think that, uh, bringing in Trebojevic on the wing is probably the way that they've been looking to go anyway. He was injured, uh, leading into game one. So they didn't go with him. Um, and yeah, I think it's, it's an easy swap. Um, he's been there before he performed well as well. Um, he gets through a lot of work and I think he would have been there the first time around. So yeah, I think he just comes straight into the side. Yeah, I agree. i um, uh the the Whiten um Mitchell
0: idea was was just a, a one that I threw up there as a bit of a uh a conversation starter I guess but I think Tom Trevor which coming into the side makes more sense yeah um, yeah yeah there's also the talk of you know Latron Mitchell did have a pretty poor game and anytime someone wearing a, a sky blue jump has a poor game then the axe must fall apparently um yeah it's very weird it's, He's too good a player to be left out. I think he's going to keep his spot, and he should do.
1: Yeah, I mean, the he's really only in his whole career had one poor game, and that was the worst game that he's played by far in Origin Origin 1. So I've got no problems with him. I think it's probably good he's got away. I hope that he's got away from all of the the noise as well i hope that his phone has been off and he's not been reading the news or anything because a lot of the stuff that's been going on and said about him and stuff has been absolutely ridiculous he'll be fine for origin too yeah i agree agree completely um
0: the other injury to come out of origin was david clemmer um so immediately talk went to jordan McLean being his replacement before he went and injured himself Mm -hmm. so who comes onto the um into the front row in the starting lineup for New South Wales there?
1: Yeah, see, my replacement would be um Campbell Gillard. I think that in the game against the Roosters he finally looked like himself again. And it's been a while. Like he just hasn't been playing well this season. Um but the last few weeks you could see him building up to being where he needed to be. I think he comes into the side, he's been there, he's done that. I I don't think you have to worry about him. I think he'll be completely fine. I think he'll rise to the occasion as well. Um, he would be the one that I would bring in, and once again, sort of a little bit like Trebajevich, you select him and you don't have to worry about him. Who would you? Is there someone else that you would maybe look at selecting ahead of him or?
0: I'm I'm fine with Klemmer being there to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. there was talk by the um. The Matty John side of the media, which seems to be quite large these days. Mm. Um that Daniel Saifidi should be in there. Um, just no.
1: Yeah, I you didn't should, get it.
0: I didn't you get it be at, there all. at all. You shouldn't be picking players based on one or two standout games. He has no. been playing good. I'm not I'm not him, but um I think you need to be a little bit more consistent than that to be in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've I've been thinking about it and I think Campbell Gillard, uh he's been there before and you you know that he can lift for that sort of game. I'd also toss in the idea of throwing in uh, Dale Finnegan. I don't know if I'd put him at prop or not. Whether I bring in one of the the bench props and put him on the bench, yeah, yeah. but um, he's he's more than capable of playing playing at Origin level. I've got no doubt about that. Yeah. Um. So who do you? Okay. So let's look at the halves now, right? Well, I was going to say there, where, there was one more. There was one more thing, and that was this talk that Jack Whiten is going to be dropped from the game
1: as well, given that he was a bit of a mismatch on the bench. Yeah, and, and so and that's definitely. I would do that in a heartbeat. Nothing against Whiten himself. I just I don't know what the plan was in game one, and, and I don't just, think Fittler did. <laughs> no, he really didn't seem to, and so I don't know why you have him there. Um who would you bring on for Jack Whiten onto that bench then? Yeah. For me, it's a
0: no-brainer. It has to be Ryan Madison. Yeah. Um, he's got that utility value. And if you're going to bring in a, a young guy to play in a game like this, you, you put him on the bench, not in the starting 13.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I know it kind of goes against what I said before about Daniel Saifidi, mm-hmm. but, uh Maybe Saifidi could have a spot on the bench. I don't know. But if you're going to bring in a young guy to play in the forwards, I'd, I'd put him on the bench there. And... Madison adds that utility value, which they need to have. Um, Plus, he can also be part of the forward rotation. And I think that's just an unbelievable, valuable commodity that the team desperately needed in Game
1: 1. And they'd be stupid to not go through with for Game 2. Yeah, they kind of had that. I mean, Whiten was a non-factor. And it was more the way he was used in Game 1. Entirely, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I've said this. I've said this time and time again. I'd have Billy Slater's clone in there off the bench. Um, and I always forget his name. I always forget everyone's name. Radley. <laughs> Radley, that's it. Victor Bradley. Radley. Yeah, b- Radley.
0: I was going to say, just before we get into the, uh, the Mitch Pierce talk, because I know you're itching to get into that, mm-hmm. um, Queensland's got, looks like they're going to have Joe Offerhang Gowie out. Yeah. Um,
1: that's a so. loss.
0: He played pretty well. Bloody oath. Um, I was thinking, for me, the first replacement I thought of to come in to replace him was Jared Wallace. Yeah,
1: Jared Wallace, him. uh, You know, they had Glasby in their their squad for Origin 1. I I wouldn't be shocked if they brought him in because I I think New South Wales will probably select... um, Three or three forwards, or three in a utility, you know. Mm. So that that's what I would guess is they would bring in a big bopper for him. Um, and the other thing is on the bench, I mean, do you select Moses and buy no. as a utility player? Neither do I. No. Like, I, don't,
0: I don't care who they're putting there. Just don't put Moses and buy there. He's not been playing well enough at club level. No. And... <sighs>
1: Like, I if the know. Tigers that's... dropped him, I'd say, oh, yeah, that makes sense. It's just not no, working. That's right. Um, I'd put C- C- Capewell on the
0: bench. Okay. See, he, I would probably. He's, he's the same as a Madison type player. You can play him in the forward rotation, you can play him in yeah. the back line. I think that's a, vers- a, a very, very valuable
1: role, and it's one that Moses and Bye can't play. I would, and I know this is completely different to what I said for Origin One. I think Anthony Milford on the bench. And I know that it's it goes completely against everything I said in Origin One. It really does, but I think that it'd be nice for Queensland to be able to pull him off the bench and just give him a uh, just say to him, "Go and play football." You know, it, just get in there and do your best. I think that he could cause some problems for New South Wales um, as they're getting tired. So that's who I would maybe lean towards as my utility player on the bench. Um, he's not great in terms of your forward usage, but I think he'd get the job done. All righty. Let's get on to the... You don't uh, sound
0: convinced. <laughs> nah, I think, I think having having halves on the bench in Origin is hopeless. So I, I think we saw that with Whiten.
1: That's just yeah, me. <laughs> yeah. I, see, I feel as though he could play... I feel as though he could play full-back for you. I feel as though he could play in the wings if you needed him to.
0: Yeah, um, the, per-
1: he the d- problem I get with that is
0: uh, you've got to sort of shuffle shuffle someone else around to accommodate him.
1: Yeah, that's true. I mean, I guess you could move Monster into you had to and put him to the heart. But he's more of, the way I would see it, in terms of just go out there, see what you could do. And I, I feel as though that's kind of what they wanted to do with and buy, and it just didn't work. Yeah, it's
0: uh, yeah. And buy was never really going to work though. Nah, no, nah. was just crazy. Nah. Now look, let, let's get into the let's get into why we're here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, last night, um, my um, expert companion here went out and made a. T- Made a few comments about Mitchell Pierce and why he shouldn't be in Origin. And (laughs) let's be honest, he's absolutely correct. Um, That's what I thought. There's all this talk, and it's coming from the media. And I'll say my bit and I'll let you go off and around here, okay? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Every year we've been getting this talk and excuses and reasons and justifications for why Mitchell Pierce should be back in the Origin side. You know, first we had he needs to be the dominant half. So he's made the dominant half, and they lost. (laughs) <laughs> oh, Robbie Farah keeps overcalling him. He keeps, in, you know, he, he's the more dominant player. We need to get rid of Robbie Farah so you can have full control of the side. So they dropped Farah and brought in Pete, and they still lost. Mm-hmm. Now we're getting the talk that oh, poor old Mitchell. He's playing up against Cronk and Slater and Thurston and Smith. You know, no one's going to beat them except for the fact that Trent Hodkinson did. Trent yeah. Hodkinson.
1: Trent Hodkinson, remember what happened to him after he was picked in New South Wales? Because I don't. <laughs> exactly. You just, just now, kind of disappeared.
0: <laughs> and now we've heard like, just last night from Matty Johns on his uh, show after the footy that halfbacks only really hit their peak in their prime when they hit 30. Mm. Which asked yeah. the question why were we making excuses to pick him prior to that? when he wasn't 30, when we had 30-year-old halfbacks who could have been picked that were being
1: overlooked. For 10-plus years, the thing was, oh, he's a young bloke, you got to give him some time. He just needs some experience. And, and now then, they're
0: not affording the same luxury to Cleary.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and then it's like, oh, halfbacks, they get better after 30. It's like, yeah, name one, just one. And we went last night, we talked about this. We tried to name players who got better after the age of 30 in the whole history of the Australian game. And we come up with maybe, I mean, what did we come up with? Maybe four or five names that you could have possibly made a bit of an argument for that.
0: Yeah. Um, and they are the
1: elite of
0: the elite. And let's be oh, honest, Mitchell Pierce is not in that category.
1: No, no, he's not. He's and so that.
0: that proves yeah. that that argument that they're at their peak at 30 and it just, it nullifies it uh, to the point where it's obvious now that, it's it's personal bias, not mm. professional, um, inter, intelligent decision that's mm. suggesting Pierce should play. Yes, I agree. Mitchell Pierce is in stunning form right now, and he's possibly, at club level, the best halfback at the moment going around, especially form wise. But he has proven time and time again that he's capable of this form at club level, but he can't
1: mm. take it to the next level of origin. Yeah. And it's, uh, I can't, I cannot believe that they would go back to the well. You know, it's, so, t- okay, tell us some of the statistics you've got about Mitchell Pierce, and then I'll go in for the touchy-feely stuff <laughs> after it. <laughs> all right. Of of all the state-of-origin halfbacks
0: who played for New South Wales and won at least one game, mm-hmm. he has the second-worst win percentage, only Peter Wallace is worse than he had one win from four games starting at halfback. Wow. Mitchell Pierce has four origin wins from 15 games starting at halfback. That's 26.67%. That's, that's terrible. That's Shall absolutely terrible. Shall I discuss terrible. some of the players that are ahead of him, perhaps? Yes, please. Brett Finch, 33%. World beater.
1: Brett Camorley, 50%.
0: Yep. Trent Hodgkinson 50%. <laughs>
1: Craig
0: Gower, 50%. Oh. Nathan Cleary, 50%. Ah, oh, there you go. Um, and then you've got the likes of John Simon and James Maloney, both both undefeated in their handful of games at halfback. Mm-hmm. And even after two games in, in the seven jumper, even Trent Barrett,
1: 100%. Wow. There you go. Super coach. He, uh, what was Andrew Johns on that list, by the way? What was he at?
0: Andrew Johns had seven wins and two draws from 16 games starting at halfback. So that, okay. because of the two draws, that brings him to just under 50% at 43.75. Okay. Um, Peter Sterling had six wins from 13 games at 46%.
1: Far out. And the thing to remember about Johns is he played hooker in, in a number of games that they That's would right. have won with him yeah, playing these, hooker. These are
0: hooker. These are just games starting starting at, at halfback. At halfback, yeah. So the other thing we need to look at too, when it comes to, you know, some people like to preserve some people as the top record holder for certain mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Right. Andrew Johns is currently, he's played 16 games starting at halfback for New South mm-hmm. Wales, which is the highest anyone's ever had. Mm-hmm. Mitchell Pierce is one game behind him. Do we really want him to have the same number of games in a Blues jumper as Andrew Johns or more? Cuz yeah. And I'll let you simmer on that because it's already bad enough that Mitchell Pierce has played more State of Origin games than his father.
1: Yeah, and like I come up with the statistic uh yesterday I think it was that Mitchell Pierce has played more State of Origin games than our, our good friend Chris Close and Ray Price combined. Like, he's played more State of Origin games than Gordon Tallis, Wendell Saylor, Jeff Tuvi, Bradley Clyde. This is a guy that has been – had so much game time invested in him for zero return. And at what point do you look at that and you say, hey, you know what – might not be worth it anymore. Yeah,
0: I think last year the selectors said we're going to abandon the Mitchell-Pierce concept and mm-hmm. we're going with youth, we're going to go with Cleary. And I don't think that... I, I'm, I'm going to say that I think Cleary, as much as he didn't have a great game in game one, mm-hmm. it was possibly one of the better games he's played for New South Wales. He's only played four, um, but he was fairly quiet for most of last the last the series last year. I thought he was a little bit more involved this time around. He looked like he was trying to take a bit more control. He wasn't letting Maloney do all the work, you know. And a lot of that was because Walker got hooked, essentially. Yeah, and, and all of a sudden the he's field. the
1: only playmaker on the field. And it was
0: it was almost like a, a lightbulb sort of moment because he was forced into doing something and getting more involved with the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I th- This is probably not going to go down well. I w- if I was selecting the New South Wales team, I wouldn't be changing the halves at all.
1: Look, I would rather not change the halves at all than bring in Mitchell Pearce. I think that yeah. the Mitchell Pearce thing, we we stuck with it for so many years, and all it gave us was failure. And then we changed it, and we won a series. And then Laurie Daly brought back Pearce, and we lost a series. And it basically cost Laurie Daly his job because it was like, why are you going back to failure to try and win the series? And then we changed again, and we we're like, let's change this going forward. We'll go with you know Cleary, and we won a series, funnily enough. And now Brad Fittler's gone back to the well and said, let's bring back Mitchell Pierce. It's going to cost him his job. We're not going to win this series with Mitchell Pierce because we don't win series with Mitchell Pierce. He's a failure. He's the biggest failure in State of Origin history for either side. He's lost so many games. He's lost so many series. He's played, this will be, if they select him, it'll be his 19th State of Origin game for zero series wins. At some point, you've got to cut cut your losses. I don't care what he's playing like for Newcastle. It's not like Newcastle are beating teams that are absolutely smashing it. You know, it's unbelievable that they would even utter Mitchell Pearce's name as a possible selection. It's disgusting. And... Uh, there's, uh, look, he might be a great bloke, and you don't like having to trash someone like this. But when you look at what he's done at state of origin level, his best game has been terrible. His worst games have cost us games, and he's, he's never—he's literally has never won a series. It's lo- even Thanos knew you don't get someone with losing experience. You know, you've got to—if you're bringing in experience, bring in winning experience. And when it comes to state of origin level, there is no bigger loser than Mitchell Pearce. And that's just a fact. That's just going on raw statistics. Unbelievable that they'd go back to him. And it's going to cost Fittler his job. And so it should, because that's a coach that is bereft of ideas. Well, if
0: I may play a little bit of devil's advocate to try and help Mitchell Pearce get your uh, favour. He's won 50% of his origin games, in game two. Three of his five games in State of Origin have come in these six appearances um, in game two.
1: So maybe he's a game two king. Well, I'm convinced. I've chosen one <laughs> <now>. <laughs> I would like. Have you got his, his winning percentages in games one and three? Because re- remember, well, well, it going to last. Well, it's not going to be pretty because I think it's only one in each yeah it's going to be really terrible but it's like and you were giving me the statistics and I, and I think it was like 80% of teams that win game 1 win the series something ridiculous like that yeah um and obviously once you get to game 3 you're either trying to stop a clean sweep or you're trying to win the series and you were saying that he hasn't been involved in a Mitchell Pearce hasn't been involved in a a series sweep by Queensland so if you look at it, his game one winning percentage and his game three winning percentage, it should be pretty damning because they're the ones you really have to win. And I'm not saying that game two doesn't matter, but damn, one and three are, are damn important.
0: Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, it's hard to pick him. And the worst thing about this news is there was talk that they were keeping Cleary and making and going to make him play 5-8. And have Pierce as the halfback, and I don't see how that fixes anything. If, if okay, for argument's sake, you're bringing back Mitchell Pierce, mm-hmm. you can't keep Cleary in the side at six. That makes no point.
1: You, may as, well, you, you may as
0: well go back and bring back Mos- uh, Bring back Maloney.
1: Yeah, and like we talked about this, I think it might have been after the first game and going into the first game. I can't remember where. Right now, where Cleary's game is at, it, he's got to be closer to the rock. You know, he's got to be the first receiver. And that's why he works so well with Maloney because Maloney, with all of his experience, he has the ability to go out into the back line. Um, and I, I would just bring Maloney in I would just, because you've got a quick turnaround. It's a very quick turnaround for this Origin game. I think if you bring in Maloney... And Cleary, you don't have to worry about whether they're going to gel, whether they know each other's games, whether they know what their role is. They've they've played with each other long enough. They're comfortable with each other long enough. They've played at this level together. They've won a series together at this level. You don't have to worry if you bring them in as a team. Um, And they showed on the weekend when the Panthers beat the Roosters that when their forwards go going forward, they're bloody good halves combination and they really complement each other. They complement each other's games. And so to go into this second State of Origin game and then you say, well, we're going to make Cleary play 5 and Pierce play at halfback, it just goes against everything that they've been talking about with wanting Cleary to be a play for the future for them, to stick with him. It just makes no sense at all.
0: I guess the other question is, does
1: Cody Walker deserve to be dropped? And this is a, it's a really hard one because he played, I mean, he played one of the worst state of origin games that I've ever seen at a half that was hooked. Um, and he was hooked pretty quickly into that game mm. because he was just not given New South Wales anything. And I'm a massive Cody Walker fan. I wish I had... If I had a dollar for every time I picked him as, first, uh, as a try scorer for, in South games, man, I I'd still wouldn't have won as much money as he's won for me. <laughs> but uh, it's difficult. They've got to win this game. The only reason I would drop Walker is if you bring in Maloney because you know what you're going to get with Maloney. And I guess with Walker, you don't know what you're going to get with Walker. But at the same time with Pierce, you know what you're going to get with Pierce and it's losing. It's failure. And I would rather come in with the unknown quantity of Walker and thinking that, look, he can't play as bad as he did in the first game. He's going to want to turn that around. He's a quality player. Like, he won't play back-to-back terrible games. Uh and I would be happy to go with Walker ahead of. I would, t- I would take anyone ahead of Pierce. Anyone. I would have White at 5'8 ahead of Pierce. Bring in Aiden Caesar. That's how far I would go before I would bring in Mitchell Pierce to lose another series for us again. Clint Gutherson? Gutherson. Bring him in. Bring in Moses. Bring oh. in Moses. I would, would, seriously, I'm not even joking. I would take Moses at 5'8", over bringing in Pierce, because at least Moses thinks he's got to be there. I mean, Pierce has got to be just downtrodden by now, after 18 games, where he's won five of them.
0: The only reason why I'd be happy to have Moses in there is because I know the the day after the game, he'd be renegotiating his contract with Paramedic (laughs) and another million
1: dollars a year added to it. I bet he has something in his contract where if he plays for New South Wales, it goes up by like a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, something like that. Yeah, keep going, yeah. <laughs> Just you know, breaks the two million dollar mark.
0: Absolutely. Now, um, is there anything else we should pop in there? Like any comments or discussion points, or anything like that you that you had yesterday, or we... look, I. Just we're going to see if we want to add any more content to the to the episode. That's look, how I, well planned this thing is.
1: Yeah, look, I think we've said everything we need to say about Piss. There's not one thing you can say about his performances statistically, and the statistics don't lie. Like, the statistics are raw analysis of what the team does. I guess the other thing you could say is, and one of the things was, like, oh, well, he was playing against Immortals, and how could anyone win against Immortals? And as you say, Hodgkinson and and Reynolds, as a halves pairing, did win against the Immortals, the immortal Queensland team. Um, The other thing that people leave out is that you've got players like, and we talked about this, Morris has always played well for New South Wales. Jennings against those players always played well for New South Wales. Jared Hayne always played well for New South Wales. There were so many players that played well for New South Wales against those players. And, you know, if we're going to wait for the Queensland team to not be good in, in the hope that Mitchell Pearce finally wins a series, we're going to be waiting a fucking long time. Unbelievable that people make so many excuses for a player that has had more failure at State of Origin level than anyone else over an extended period of time. We're looking at a sample size which puts him alongside legends of State of Origin. And none of the players that he is up with have lost as many games and as many series. It's it's a tragedy that they would go back to him again. Unbelievable. I'm, I'm fucking disgusted by it.
0: I'm, I'm glad someone on this podcast is passionate about, <laughs> about oh. a selection. <laughs> you know, I was, I was so dismissive of it. I just didn't care. I went, no, nah, they're not going to do that. I just moved on.
1: <laughs> I just can't go back to it. The, how many series nah. are, do we sit down and we say, well, let's hope they go with someone else, and they pick Pierce again, and we've all been like, well, we're going to lose, and we always I'm, lose every I'm time.
0: Actually, I'm actually curious to find out what the next excuse will be to pick him. Because if he's at his peak at thirty and that's when they get their
1: best, what's it going to be next year? Because there will be one. Yeah, and the most ridiculous thing to say maybe oh, it would be something along those bro- It's it's like as you say, what's next? Because it was he has no he hasn't got enough experience, and now it's like, well, he's got the experience, and now it's he's going into like, I, I just don't know what's next. They're going to say, oh, he's played more games than anyone in State of Origin history. We have to go with him. I don't understand it. I mean, maybe they're going to say, oh, he's burning from all those losses. You can't not pick him now.
0: He hasn't really been hugely vocal about the the whole idea of returning to the Origin scene, though, has he? Like, he's been interviewed about it a few times during this period in hot form, and he's pretty much just said, um, you know, I don't think the guys claim they were doing that bad a job, but I think they should probably stick with him. Yeah, went, and I think that's the last thing he needs right now. I think and, I think Pierce is okay. Look, you know how whenever whenever Ben Hunt drops a drops a kick, mm-hmm. he puts his head down. Sometimes he smiles. <coughs> excuse me, um, but it's because that hangover from that grand final is yeah. always there and. It's hard enough he's got to do with that himself without the fact that the media keeps going, oh, no, Ben, not again. Like, yeah, that's not helping. But I think I think State of Origin is to Mitchell Pearce what a dropped kick is to Ben Hunt. I think it's yeah. got to him mentally to the point where um, he himself knows that it prevents him from playing good footy. I think right now the reason why he's playing great footy for Newcastle is because he's decided in his own mind that he just wants to play club footy now. He doesn't want to focus on trying to be the best origin player he can be. He's just gone. you know what, let's accept the facts. I'm I'm good at what I do at halfback here. We're building something pretty special here at Newcastle at the moment. I'm just going to give, put all my effort into that. And I think if he sticks at it and he stays with that mindset and keeps doing that, he'll redeem himself from his origin losses to some degree.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I think that there will be part of him that is that doesn't like it because then you get people that bring up his absolutely atrocious losing record for New South Wales. And I think he's at a point in his career where he must just be thinking, look, just leave me to play for Newcastle. You know, they love me up here. I'm doing well finally. Uh, He's finally got over the fact that even the Roosters felt the need to replace him with Cooper Cronk in the last couple of years of his career to try and get them over the hump, which worked. And uh, it just... Leave him to play for, for Newcastle. You know, that would yeah. be the best thing for Mitchell Pearce. Uh, he isn't needed for New South Wales. We've got plenty of other better options. And it would be great for the Knights if during, you know, this period, they don't have to go without their halfback, who's stuffed after playing another origin game in which he loses another series.
0: Yeah, and where, you know, if they do lose the series, and he's which could very well happen you know, that's going to have a massive negative effect on Newcastle. I could think, it could happen. It's I, a lock. It's a I lock. Think, I think they should just just abandon the idea and just, just stick with who they've got there. I don't think Cody Walker's got another game that bad in him for the rest of his career. No,
1: no, not um, at
0: all. He's got the nerves out of his system now. He now knows what he's required to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd expect him to be a lot better. I think yep. if they get the forward rotation right this time, God, that was an absolute disgrace in the first game. Yeah. Then
1: that's going to help the halves out an awful lot. Definitely. And th- it was really puzzling what Fittler was doing. And I guess you've got to remember that Clemmer was injured. So that's why he wouldn't have gone on. Because after the game, there was a lot of talk that Clemmer wasn't happy. He was not allowed back out there. But obviously he had a busted, busted wrist. Um but yeah, yeah the, that that man is made out
0: of steel though. I mean, broken just get some just get the old oxy at the back out there and do a bit of
1: welding and fix it up and let him back out there. Put a band aid on it, should be right. Yeah, just tape that shit up and send him back out. Fuck it. <laughs> um Yeah, look it, Fittler needs to coach better in this game. And the problem I have is that if he is thinking and I really do believe that Fittler is getting the teams he wants, if Fittler is going back to the well, it is when Laurie Daly did it, it was it was chastised. Like he was
0: chastised for it. Like and what are you yeah, doing?
1: Yeah. And I believe that Brad Fitley, if he decides to pick Pierce, should get the exact same treatment. It cost Laurie Daly his coaching gig and it should cost Brad Fitley his coaching gig because if this is your idea, if this is your big idea to win. Then you've ran out of ideas really quickly in your second season coaching the State of Origin team. Congratulations. And I've been a big, big fan of Fitler as a coach. And if, but I think this is it for him, you know, you can't, you cannot pick Mitchell Pierce. If you want to win a series, it's been proven over a massive sample size. You cannot pick Mitchell Pierce. And if he's going to do that, then he's failed as a coach. And on that very thoroughly discussed point,
0: we'll let you simmer there now. Mm-hmm. Just calm down. Deep breaths. Deep, deep breaths. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, thanks for tuning into this quick episode. You
1: want to do some shout-outs, mate? Yeah, who can we shout-out? Well, first of all, shout-out to uh, the starting block for As all always. of us. Your- for all of your life needs, really. I mean, Starting Block is such an amazing show. Um, they gave us heaps of shout-outs. We'll probably do a Starting Block special into next week. We've got so many podcasts lined up for next week. It's such a busy week for us. Um, thanks to, to James Smith yesterday. Great interview. It was fantastic talking to him. Um, go yeah, out and get we... inside Sport Magazine. It's out now. Ch- we could chat to him for hours and we plan yeah. to in the future. We've got plans um, for that,
0: yeah. Um I'm gonna do a shout out to a new listener to the podcast.
1: hmm
0: Arabella Zucchetto. Yes. Um, you'll find her on Twitter. Arabella Z U C C H E one. I dare say, like I found with the Rugby League Project Twitter handle that her name was just a little bit too long for Twitter.
1: Yep. Um, which sucks. Yeah. It's na it's namest. <laughs> it's not like uh when you when you do a. Uh, Website address, and I, I bought the longest one in history. It's called Rugby RugbyLeaguePodcastingNetwork.com. Go and check it out. Uh, you can have them as long as you want. <laughs> That's right. So uh, th- thanks for uh, listening to us, Arabella.
0: Um, mm. we'll, we'll make sure we try and get some more good content out there for you. We've also yeah. got uh, regulars like Nadine, mm-hmm. absolute legend. Um, Richard Cranium. Richard Cranian, mate. What a legend. I wonder what Love his nickname him. was at school.
1: I've got no idea, hey. And we'll, we'll probably work that out one day.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's a great. One. He's he's a massive Parramatta fan, so he's he's a huge fan of the uh, the Mitch Moses commentary and
1: stats that I have. Mm, yeah. He must just cry every weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say,
0: too, about the starting block. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we can always go back to them. You can follow them on Twitter at the Starting Block. Drop the K on the end. Yeah. Um. Every week, they they do a poll for their show, and they've got they've got staff because you know they're heavyweights in the podcasting industry. Yeah, yeah. They they have staff. They attract people that want to be yeah. involved with their quality. Just the natural migration of humans just head that in the direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got some of these staff out there who put out a poll every week, Mm-hmm. and we drew inspiration from that. We went, if that works for the sporting, for the, sport, the starting block, mm-hmm. um, then that should be something we should be doing. So we did a poll today. This is the date of the episode now. Um, asking people if they'd like to hear us do a live episode before the uh, the matches that are going to be played, uh, you know, tonight. Mm-hmm. And we've got an overwhelming of people, majority of people
1: have said yes. Ooh. Sounds like a challenge.
0: Sounds like a challenge. Yeah. So we need to plan what the hell we're gonna do.
1: Yeah, what the fuck are we gonna talk about?
0: <laughs> we we can do something. I mean we've we've managed to do this well so far here. Um Another one else, um, speaking of Arabella, she did say that we didn't answer her Ask Greenberg question. Um, We were committed to doing that right now because that's what we do. Um, Mm -hmm. We haven't seen it yet, though. So we'll just keep asking you
1: every episode until you give us one. Yeah, we'll basically hand you. Some people would call it harassment. Uh, We wouldn't call it that because legally we feel as though if we say it in a nice voice, it isn't harassment. But you're on the uh, clock. Hang on. Which, which of us is declared to be the one with a nice voice? Oh, that's a good question. Maybe we should do a poll. Who has the like the nice voice? Like not the nicer voice, but who's got the better nice voice? Yeah, because that might actually help us determine who should be hosting the freaking thing. And who shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we should maybe have a third. The third on the poll it's like none of the above <laughs> yeah, maybe we I, need to get someone in and I'm, do the I'm, nice voice
0: i'm guaranteed that uh i'll guarantee that the, the third option will probably win the vote
1: <laughs> yeah yeah well i know with my listeners and my followers on twitter who are just a bunch of pricks they, they're not going to pick me <laughs>
0: Uh, and yeah, they, they know they're
1: pricks. They we, know we, it. We they're saw this full
0: last night. So last night, Freaky made his Mitchell Pierce tweets and mm. got hounded by the public about it. Everyone was was having, having their two cents worth and arguing with him about it. I made a very similar comment on mine, and I had rather pleasant, courteous discourse with other people where we had proper proper discussion and debate about it, and everything
1: was fine. We had cups of tea. Yeah. my ones, they turn up with pitchforks (laughs) and they like half a gut of rum in them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, Oh, you fucking prick. What are you talking about? It's like I had everything set. I, 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 people thought I think at one point that I'm part of the Cleary clan. I am not a Cleary. I am not the Penrith Panthers either. I will pick any player that I think gives us a chance to win. Like I had people saying to me, um, like, Oh sucked in, Pierce is getting picked. Oh and it's like I hope I'm completely wrong about Mitchell Pierce. I hope he goes out there and just plays like the Alan Langer at the end of his career, bloody Andrew Johns at the end of his career where we, we go, Oh my god, look at this performance he's putting in its vintage But it's not gonna happen. It's Mitchell Pierce and the guy's a loser at state of origin level. So never mind. But I hope I'm wrong. But I'm not. We all,
0: we all hope we're wrong. Yeah, just I want just, New South Wales to win. We're just not optimistic that we will be.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's just like the way I would describe it is that if Mitchell Pearce gets selected, all of my hopes and dreams are crushed.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I'm not that invested in it. I think if he gets picked and they win and I'm proven wrong, so be it. You know, that's that's a, that's a drum you run by that being an opinion Writer, talker, person,
1: thing of me. it's gonna go wrong.
0: <laughs> Hang on, uh, I can't
1: I can't fit that into my Twitter profile, writer thingamy. I've right, got thingamy. expert, because like, 'cause we're both experts now. Yeah, um, well I thought thing was shorter than podcaster. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think Thingamy probably sums up what we do here better than podcasters. (laughs) (laughs) It certainly does. (laughs) Uh, God, I had something else I was going to mention then. I
0: can't remember what it was. Oh, yes. I I posted out something very very briefly on Twitter today about our... um, uh, we, we, We had a look at our Twitter stats to find out where we're being listened to the most. And we had a surprisingly high number of people... Um, well, high number of downloads coming from Switzerland. Mm-hmm. So I found out that it was from um, a bloke called Carsten Brummer. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Uh, mm-hmm. You can find him on Twitter at Swiss underscore Cowboy underscore 78. Um, he li- he's a rugby league lover. Mm-hmm. And he lives in Switzerland. So I think we should change the name of Switzerland
1: to Carsten Brummerland. Well, I tell you what. If I don't remember names, so if you can remember that, we'll go with it. (laughs) I'm going with it. Okay, I'm good with that. I think I think it it works kind of well too. Yeah. Well, Switzerland has given us many things over the years. They've given us uh, banks. Chocolate. Yeah, but well, that chocolate banks that all of our political leaders squander money away to, as well as dictators. Clocks. Yep. Uh, they they guard the Pope. Yep. what we won't else?
0: go to the to the really great things because you know there might be children listening.
1: Wait a minute, I'm, am I missing something here? Have I been missing something with Switzerland? Anyway, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, that that's a pleasant note people can take to inspire them to do something else with their time at the end of this episode because we will yeah. move on now yeah. and uh, we will. Uh, We'll catch you all later on in the week with another episode of Fergo on the Freak.
1: Goodbye, Australia.